You are now listening to Empty Out the Clip. Check, check, one, two, three. First recording at the, the stadium. We're here live at the Starling Stadium. First time. How's it feel, guys? Um, feels good. Got another um, place to do some recordings. <laughs> uh, place for some Sunday sessions as well. It's a good setup. Yeah, there's a, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, but, um, <laughs> you know, slowly but surely, we're going to get there. So I arrived. Probably a couple of hours ago, time for the, the Blues uh, Highlanders game. Man, I'm just so happy we won that game because now we uh, we can rest next week with our bye. We get our automatic five points. S- good setup for the actual final for the Super Rugby Aotearoa well, next week te- in te- Eden te- Park. Te- technically, it's not a final. It's not a final. <laughs> just, um, well, if you look at the scores, it's going to be a final because yeah. whoever wins that game in Eden Park would yeah. is going to hold the, the trophy yeah. for, the, for the season. Pretty happy about that, being a Blues fan. Before we go on, uh, I just want to bring in um, one of the Usos, a long-time listener, but um, it's good to have him on board. The Usos, Sam, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, bro? Hey, oh. Thanks for the invitation, mate. Uh, it's good to finally sit in with the boys after hearing the podcast over the last uh, a few months now, so yeah, thanks for the invitation, mate. Um, is that your real voice? Hey, it is. <laughs> yeah, I can bring Everyone in. listening out there, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this guy dropped in a few times, like a few octaves there, to, but, uh, you know. Go to the same, the same uh, bass okay. voice. So yeah, this is a professional outfit you got running here, bro. So I got to make sure you know I fit in. The last thing I want to do is you know jump on set, and it's it's, yeah. it's not what it should be. Eh? Hey, you know when you're in this garage, bro? There's nothing professional about this place, man. We've got a fridge that's not plugged in, and a a treadmill that looks like it's you know. So you know we just keep it you know, rugged and raw around here, man. Yeah, you're only as professional as the guy that's standing behind the mic, mate. So. <laughs> Up to you, Moses. Up to you. <laughs> Anyways, yes, the Blues. Um, yeah, he's got a few lucky calls there, boys. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, good, I mean, I hope he's won this, the Asterix. Like, well, this will go down as the Asterix competition. So it means nothing to me as a Chiefs fan. But for you guys, the long-suffering Blues fans, hey, boys. First of all, I don't know where you got lucky calls from because that try, they got disallowed when, you know, when Pablo Lee ran all the way. After that, um, bit of a Hollywood by uh, Aaron Aaron Smith, but Aaron Smith, bro, you you see the eyes when we were watching the game. Like he is the MVP of that team, or the co comp? Do you reckon? Yeah, I th- I think there's Sam. What do you reckon? I I think he's the MVP. Come on, guys, you know the saying: you make your own luck. You know, and and the Blues are making their luck at the moment. No, look, okay, everything okay. that the Blues are doing seems okay. to be turning to gold. You know, um. You know, Leon McDonald has done amazing stuff with our Blues team, oh, and he's put amazing. he's put some guys around him that are, that's brought the best out of these characters, especially uh, Tana. You know, you got Tana there, Coventry, and you've also got that uh, New South Welshman, um, Daniel Daniel H. We just call him Daniel H. I'm not too sure. Daniel Wagon. But hey, you know, when you when you, when you know who you are, when you find your identity, and it looks like the Blues have found their identity. Yeah, nothing but good things seems to be coming oh, out there, bro. Okay, okay. Just just putting it out there. You know, they're but, even speaking Samoan in there. You know, they've allowed these players to be themselves. And when you when you become yourself, bro, when you get confident in who you are, 
You start playing good footy, bro. So, it's, so, just, it's like everything in life. Also. So, so that's the problem of the the the, the Blues for the last what? Um, is it twenty years now? Or? Probably. Am I going back too far? Hey, you can go back well, as far as you like. Yeah. I agree. With I'm you. just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. So Leon McDonald, eh, the savior. Oh, well, I don't know. I was watching. A couple of weeks, you know. I mean, I mean, in the last year, Leon McDonald couldn't get anything right, and then. Oh well, yeah, we've, uh, we've I heard it takes now. about three years, you know, to get your coaching um, your tactics across to the team, to oh, the players. Well, that's and that, it's been about two, two years, two and a bit. So that, he hasn't quite fully reached his potential of the team well, that, that he's got. That, that, that plays well for me because you know, Gats. That's that's what I call him, Gats, future All Black coach. Yeah, it looks like you know we're getting there, and, and as soon as we get it together, we'll be back to you know what I'm used to um, winning rugby. Yeah, I, champagne rugby. I, I totally agree with you. You know, he's been up in the northern hemisphere, and he's tried to bring back whatever it is that he's been teaching up there back Ooh, down to it is. down to the southern hemisphere. It doesn't work. We've seen it on many occasions. Um, so hopefully, for New Zealand rugby, you know, Chiefs can get back to where they were. We will. Hey, no, we are actually it's little, it's little, little things. Okay, little cause. You know, but you know, let's not go on about that. You know, although this is empty out the clip, so you know, we can go on about. You know how much we can, but going back to what Cameron said, if there in, in this competition, you know, if you take a player out of a certain team, and the team will it still function? And that Aaron Smith, you know, uh, if if the Otago Highlanders don't have him there, they they no, you know, like they they've got no chance, and he he gives them a chance every time he's on the field. So that's mm-hmm. why I said he should, you know, if they have an MVP or you know if they have a, a player of the year, I'm picking Aaron Smith. You know, I know we had this little debate when we were talking about how good Patrick Tuipalotu uh, potentially can be, and you're saying that he's coming to his own, but um, I think Aaron Smith at the moment is, is put his, his, hand, um, his name forward as the best halfback in New Zealand and probably the best player of this comp at the moment. Hmm. You know what? Shall we pick an MVP for each team and then see who's the MVP out of those five MVPs? Okay, okay so for the Blues... Patrick Tupelotu in there? You guys agree? Well, I I, I don't watch your game. You used, used to have this little, <laughs> like, little uh, pat yourselves on the back kind of stuff because, you know... I'll have to agree with you there, Camps. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's like what Eyes was saying there. He's like um, Aaron Smith. You know, they're, they're tempo players. They're the guys that hold the tempo together for their teams. And Aaron does it for Highlanders. And obviously, Patrick Tupelotu is doing it for the Blues. So rather than MVP, you know, these are the tempo players that hold the tempo for the team and keep them rolling forward. So I'd have to say, uh, I'd have to agree with you, uh, Tupolotu. So Tupolotu for the Blues is your best, he's your MVP? Yeah, yeah, for the Blues. How about the Chiefs? Who you got? I don't know. I don't think he is. So Brandon Barrett, is it? No, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll okay. get there, we'll get there. So uh, for the Chiefs, the I'm going to go for Bushier. Nice. That, I, I agree that's, with that. That's I agree with that. Up this year. Um, yeah. Um. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um. I think Damian McKenzie's had a pretty good year. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> you know, he seems to be uh, almost reaching his. Um, you know, where he was the last few years with the ABs. You know, he's he's there making things happen for the Chiefs. Unfortunately, they just don't have. Um. Um. Oh, good. Oh, good riffs. There to help him. So. Good riffs. Oh, sorry. Oh, I've said good reps. Oh. <laughs> anyway, next team, next yeah, Chiefs don't have good reps. <laughs> uh, for Wellington? See, Wellington's a hard one. Um, I think I'm going to go for Jordy Barrett on that one. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That's not hard. I think Jordy Barrett, the way he's playing, is going to be the man. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you too. Jordy Barrett, yep. Crusaders, I'm going to go for um, 
Richie Moung. Yeah. So he's the all black um, best wife. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Richie. Yeah. Okay, so out of all those MVPs we named, who do you think is the league Aaron Smith. MVP? Who's Aaron Smith? Man. The competition MVP. Aaron Smith. The Otago Highlanders have no look in if he's not playing for the top of his game. You know, Richie, Richie Maunga, all these guys that don't play, they've got other guys that can fill in the gap. For me, Aaron Smith, bro, because the rest of the team, they're... Um, so they're right there selling good and trick deals. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't offer a first aid or. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't. I, I probably don't agree with you there because you say without um, Aaron Smith they didn't have a look in, but yet they don't have a look in because they're not in their top two spot to, you know, have a chance of winning uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Whereas Patrick Tuipalotu is in a position to possibly. Uh, lead the Auckland Blues, or the sorry, the Blues into um, winning this championship. Yeah, I, I was saying like uh, looking as into winning winning a game. You know what I mean? As per game, like you know your MVP gives you a chance to win a game. He like when he's there, like if he's if Aaron Smith is in the starting lineup, you, you're gonna think okay, uh, the like you said, he's a tempo player. He keeps that that team humming and that. If he's not there, they don't have a chance of actually winning the game. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, but. You know, it's 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 hard to judge when they're not winning. So, mm. how can you justify saying that when they're not winning? Mm. True that. I still yeah. think I've won this argument anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my, house, you, you my, also, my house, my rules. These. <laughs> <laughs> you can also say the same thing about Damien McKenzie as well, because you know he's to me. Well, watching him play the season, he's just doing what he's doing. Anyway, he, th- that's what Damien McKenzie does. I just think... Um, every, they can read his game. No, so know? Damien does what he does, but the mm. rest of the team aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know? So if everyone else up to him, and that includes... Um, that doesn't include, but I think Le- uh, Leonard Brown... Leonard Brown can play to... We're used to him playing. We would be... We wouldn't be talking about the Chiefs on, um, on this losing streak there. Because I'm not used to this. You know what I mean? Because... It's good. It's good for me to hear from you guys because, you know, you are used to this kind of mo- like, you know, how you feel like losing all the time. Can I ask you for a mirror, No, I don't know because um, <laughs> you know, because because the Chiefs, you know, um, yes, I, I saw a post on social media uh, just a couple of days ago. You know, calling them out as um, special agents. I'm not sure if you saw that uh, oh. their post. So. You know these, you know these memes. So you know, it's pretty hard to tell. You know when they call themselves 007, <laughs> you know, zero points, zero wins, seven games. You know, it's 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 up to you. I, I love I love the creativity of the Blues fans because you know they just be waiting. So you know these you know these memes. <laughs> they go as far back as when um, Liam Messer and Sylvester because you know they just be waiting for us to lose like this. So you know. I'm like, I'll take it because I'm not used to it. So, you know, but I know next year when, you know, when we take the asterisks off this, we'll be there when it counts. Yeah, well, we're very hopeful, mate, because strong New Zealand teams make strong rugby. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, strong rugby, course, strong All Blacks, mate. Put us into a good position to, yeah. you know, get back on top of the world. Hmm. Well, you know, you know, on, on uh, touching on that, you know, we, we talked about both here being our MVP. Our MVP should be Sam Kane because he's the All Black captain. And um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of um, kickback from people saying, like, you know, why why is he the All Black captain? Um, if he's the All Black captain, he should be the best player or one of the best players in the team. And um, he, to other people, he hasn't. 
Um, to me, he's just doing Sam King things, but... The problem with um, that is that there's other Lucys in the competition that are making more noise than him. Well, you got um, Michele and um, the Highlanders. He's been playing well. You got um, Karifi. Then uh, the yeah, Hurricanes. Well, he's yeah, been yeah, playing yeah. well as well. He's been playing really good as well. Uh, who's the seven for Dalton, eh? Dalton Pabli. Yeah, yeah. Satutu. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree with Cam's on this one because, you know, Sam Kane is a good player. You, you don't... He's you don't have to. Player. You don't have to pet cams on the back because he's a both <laughs> blues fans. I'll pet whoever I want you know, to on the back because you know everything. A it doesn't matter. Cams could say <laughs> something, and you're gonna go, Cams. I believe in you too. This is rubbish, man. You you know? I believe in whoever I like to believe in. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what Cams was going on about. You know, with Sam Kane as your black captain, it sort of limits our options of what we can do with our Lucy's. Uh, with Sam Kane at seven, you know, there's a few players that may miss up. But if we had Whitelock is our captain, then there's no pressure for them to work around Sam Kane because obviously Sam, Sam Whitelock is one of our best locks uh, himself and um, and Retallick. But the same can't be said for for Kane. And he is injury prone. And hopefully he does get injured so that we can um, we can get other whoa. Lucy's playing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So you're gonna wish that on on a on a person? No, no, no. That was a, that, that was pretty cold. Sam Kane. All the best to Sam Kane. He's going out to you know, I believe. I believe. No worship. No worship because you know I think we're gonna go undefeated with you as captain. Anyways, anyway, Sam Kane, Sam Thorn, whatever. Oh, you know, you know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like so, you know, if it's not if it's not his form, it's gonna be his leadership. Because that was the argument I heard on TV, talking about his, his his leadership. But man, if he can lead a team to not win a game in the this competition, and front up to the the reporter at the end of the game and say the same old story every end of game, every end of the match. Easy there, buddy. <laughs> but I don't know what. Okay, let's just give it. Like, he hasn't even. He hasn't even. He hasn't even played a. He hasn't played a game as an All Black captain yet. So give him, give him a chance, boys. When, no, no, you know, I, when I it comes, he has, he has um, filled in a couple of times. I know, I know. Black captain but as as the you know that that was like a filling. He is now the official All Black captain. So you know, let you know, this is the this is the era of Sam Kane. Let's see how it goes. But don't ever compare it to Ruben Fawn because that was a tough one, bro. You know. <laughs> Yeah. But well, yes, well, well, he kept in more tests than we did, mate. So, yeah, yeah. credit to Ruben for yeah. yeah. All right. So, what? That's our rugby one. No, no. Yeah, I just, just want to check anything in there. To, um, just to go back a little bit and just, yeah. just elaborate on the, the Blues' success. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, oh, yeah, from, from a Chiefs' perspective. Yeah. Well, you, you go first, bro. <laughs> I've got nothing to add because I don't watch your team, and I. This, the reason why is because like blues fans are the worst. Okay, so I don't. I'm not gonna even acknowledge you or your team, except that there is a runaway connection <laughs> in the blues. So <clears throat> you know. Anyway, so I'm sure like um, other people who know um, a lot of our friends and listeners from the podcast that there is a bit of a connection. But no, no, I am happy. <clears throat> sorry, I am happy for the blues fans though. It's been a while, and um, you know, it's those times when um, people kind of fall off the wagon or start making excuses to go support another team. It's kind of um, it, it's justifies you know just hanging around and still believing in the team and and seeing them through. Or this is your f- how many coaches since 
in the last, what, six years? So you had Pat Lamb, you had John Kerwin, you had Tana Umanga, <coughs> now Leon McDonald, and it seems like he's, he's a finally found... Well, <laughs> found something. Well, we've, we've actually got a coach coaching at the moment. Uh, you know, Leon McDonald, I think, has got about maybe close to 10 years worth of experience in New Zealand, oh, coaching so New a, Zealand. Oh, oh, so Pat Lamb wasn't a coach when he came. Pat Lamb was, well, you know, he was coach of the year before he came over here, he, he, he over, was, in, over in Europe. He, he was, you know, along the same lines as uh, what Gatlin's going through at the moment. You know, he was coaching yeah. in Northern Hemisphere and then bringing, um, you know, whatever... Um, stuff that he learnt over there to bring towards New Zealand, um, New Zealand rugby. Whereas, whereas Leon McDonald's been immersed in, um, you know, New Zealand rugby, New Zealand coaching. You know, he coached down in um, Tasman. Then he did a stint over at um, the Crusaders. So you know, I mean, I think Pat Lamb's a great coach, but with you know, he's very similar to what Gatlin's going through. You know, they hadn't been coaching in the New Zealand scene for quite a while, and then just trying to find, um, you know, that place where they can adapt into New Zealand rugby. You know, it's been difficult, and you can see that in what's happening with the Chiefs. But I like what Liam McDonald's done with the um, with the Blues. Uh, a few few months ago, I was watching on uh, Small Blacks TV, and they sort of asked him, you know, what's the difference between um, the Blues and the Crusaders culture? And he said, you know, back down in Christchurch, you know, they all live in close proximity of each other. So they're hanging out, and they're doing things together all the time. So he decided to to do something similar at the Blues where they're um, they're meeting up most mornings, having breakfast together. Then they'll have, you know, a bit of games, um, you know, a bit of fun where they're able to see each other and start building uh, relationships. And you, know, you can see it in their rugby. You know, it, it appears like they trust each other when they're on the field. You know, their defense is pretty decent. Uh, their attack is pretty good. They seem to know where everybody is. So, you know, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a lot of, um, a lot of um, kudos for, um, for Liam McDonald, what he's done for rugby here in, um, in Auckland. Just, just putting it out there, you know, just comparing him with some of the stuff that Pat Lamb and Gatlin, like, like you were you were sharing before. Cameron, I'm just remembering the time when you were a Blues fan back in the days, and oh, um, can you just remind you know, me why you, know, you uh, jump jump you know, ship? You know, it's funny you can't remember because no one would. There's no, <laughs> that's how far long ago. Was. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's no, um, there's no Facebook, there's no MySpace, there's no Bebo photos of me being. Uh, um, a blues fan because that was maybe in the mid nineties, and I've always given I've always given the reason why I'm a Chiefs fan. Um, so we went and watched. I'm pretty sure I'm not sure he was here. Um, uh, maybe it was John, my brother John, Tana or something. And I remember we were watching um, Kev play for the Waikato Chiefs, and I said, "So man, we should support also." And I just remember everyone looking at me like, "What the hell?" I said, "Oh, I mean, you know, I'm still." You know, I'm going to support the Chiefs. This is uh, early 2000s, so I'm, I'm I'm 20 years now, so I'm, I'm good. I'm something like that. 20s, oh yeah, close to mid 50s, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then from then on, I no, I just felt like this team, like it called to me, and they weren't winning, so it wasn't a it wasn't a case it wasn't a case of me jumping off, you know, jumping out to a winning team because they were always losing around that time, so. Um, yeah, and that's the reason why. And then I just felt all the heat from the blues fans, the hating. You know, I'm the kind of person like, you know, I'm going to dig my heels in and okay, I'll, I'll show you. And even though, um, you know, and, and through the through the rough times until the glory days, till Dave Rennie came, you know, 
Um, and the current All Black coach, he took us to a final two. Uh, we got spanked in the final um, by 45 points or something crazy like that. Still stayed on. And like, and I'm, I'm going to see us through this rough time too. And we're probably going to win the comp next year. Easy. <laughs> I just hope you realise that that wasn't a personal attack on you from camera. It felt like it. Because <laughs> yeah. well, I could tell by his eyes, man. Okay. We just wanted to know, you know, what sort of loyalty you have. Oh, no, no. And, and, and it's, good to, anyway, it's good to hear there's a bit of loyalty towards your Chiefs. And we do wish you all the best. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. Thank you. But I thought I'd just check it out there. Um, you heard it today. I believe in, f- in the, after the next World Cup, uh, Leon McDonald will be our All Blacks coach. Whoa. Oh. That is a... Uh... I'm just, just checking it out there. Uh, we don't have to carry on this conversation, but, you know, that, that that's me. And I've ch- in, in a few years' time, he'll be our All Blacks coach. I like that. I like that. Because that is something you will never expect. And, you know, they are doing well. And as a coach, he has turned around, turned around the club. And if you think about it, you know Scott Robinson's been out loud, outspoken about being the being the next All, All Blacks um, coach, and you know with his results with the Crusaders. But you know sometimes sometimes it's the silent ones, eh? It's the quiet guys. Well, <laughs> and also the timing. I truly believe that um, Scott Robinson should be our current All Blacks coach, but I think he's missed his opportunity, and I actually see him coaching overseas within the next couple of years. So. With where McDonald is with the the Blues, he could be around. You know, the timing could be perfect for him to move into the um, as an All Blacks coach. I mean, I think uh, Robertson's a great coach, but uh, you know, it seems to be a timing thing, and I don't think he'll be coaching in New Zealand around those times. Mm. And Leon McDonald may be in the right place at the right time to take over after um, after Foster. I I agree with the timing thing because I think that you know, I think New Zealand Rugby Union has this sort of like system of who the next coaches are going to be. So they're going to build up the assistant coaches up to be the head coaches. Huh? And it came, in a, it came in a time where Scott Robinson was doing well with the um, Crusaders. You know, he's won three championships in a row. He did well with the um, yep. under-20s. He came up from the under-20s, under, under actually, and won there too. So I think it just I think it, what, he, what happened was that Scott Robinson threw a whole spanner in the works with the whole recruitment of the um, the next Allbacks coaches. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, you're right. It's bad timing. I just think uh, Liam McDonald has to win a championship first. <laughs> because he's already talking like he's already won. So let's give it two weeks. Let's give it two weeks and then let's give it next season. And oh, then we, we see when it, well, when everything when everything's all sized up and everything's all... Well, the thing is, if the Highlanders lose next week to the Crusaders, the Crusaders are the champs. Yeah, the week after that, it's, it's dead rubber. So... You know, we'll see how we go, and there's a good chance we'll be talking about next year rather than um, this year after next week. Well, we're going to save that for next Sunday. <laughs> when is it? Is that a Sunday game? Uh, uh, I'm not too not sure. sure. I, well, I want to watch it live because I'll, I'll, I'm going to try not laugh through the whole thing. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the kind of spitefulness that I that you're going to get from me, boys. Okay, we've got that away. Rugby, sports, you know, if you guys want more rugby, tune into our podcast, The Counter Ruck, every Mondays. What was the big news this week, boys? Um, I know there was that um, slavery thing. Who's the guy's name, um, Sam? Sam. Joseph. Sam Matamata. Joseph. I don't know if it was Aunga or Aunga Matamata Kalava, I think it was. 
Firstly, I'm pretty sure he's from uh, Sam. Suffolk Lafay. He's a guy from Suffolk Lafay. I don't know how you cook the books, mate. I like honestly. You're like the Sydney Roosters of um, <laughs> of New Zealand. Managed to get all the money and no responsibility, you know. It's our first case of slavery here in New Zealand, so. Yeah, uh, I just, you know, the cases. So the cases were, he got people to come. He done, what, so he done their residency and all that? Yes, yes, apparently. Was it residency or visa? Work visa. Oh, work, work, visa. work visa. So sorry. he got them to come to work at the... Go up away all the mm. the orchards and that. Well, apparently he's a contractor. He was working as a contractor and he was uh, hiring workers from overseas in Samoa and bringing them in to do some work for him. Mm. Um, I read that he was collecting money on the work that was being done in these um, these orchards, and nothing, none of, none of the money was being put into the hands of the people that were doing work for, for him. Mm. It spanned over a uh, numerous amount of years, yeah, and it's finally caught up for him. So he was like. Um, he was like take home pay, the movie take home pay, but um, he didn't have a um, who's the what's Tom Finger's character? Uh, the private, private, yeah, private yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have someone uh, going and doing the 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 challenge, uh, and and trying to track these people down. You know, it's the opposite of take home pay. It wasn't it wasn't the brother who stole the money. It was the person who put them over. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like you know, kind of joke about it, but it's quite sad. Um, that he took advantage of that, mm. you know, and um, um, using the you know, I don't know if that's the old school for Samoa though. You know, you know what I mean? Like you know when you like we have cases, and I know people are gonna like kind of go, what the hell is this going about? But you know when you get people come over and you adopt them or something like that, is that what he like? Is that kind of what he he done? He just thought that they were gonna come over and work for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, what, what, what did he promise the people? Oh, he promised what? them, you know, an opportunity to make money to send back home. And, you okay. know, that's what all our family that, yeah. that moved to New Zealand want to do, is provide back. They weren't moving here, though, eh? No, they are. They, 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 they got came work visas. Contractors, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Work visas. Yeah. But, but for me, um, the reason why this, you know, is quite, um, you know, strikes a you know, a bad chord in the heart is because, you know, that saying seems to ring true here, you know, you know, you know, Samoans, you know, we screw each other. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've heard it. Yeah, and that's hard, you know, we always do things to benefit ourselves and forget the people that, you know, that we're supposed to be helping. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, Asian cultures, Indian cultures, they generally like to build each other up. You know, you, you can see this out in, um, you know, in developments, you know, where, where there's developments, you see the builders, they're all Asians, you know, they're finding work for each other, helping each other, building each other up. And unfortunately, there's a culture within the Samoan people where we like to take advantage of each other. And, you know, and it's been brought to been brought to light here with um, the slavery um, followed down in, um, down in the West Coast. Mm. The term, the way, you know, the term slavery, you know, we never, it's kind of funny, not funny, but like for Samoa, you know, over in Samoa, you have people come in. Yeah. They come stay at your house and they stay at your pali and they do the peals and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, is there a is there a type of slavery happening in Samoa as well? Or? Well, I, I don't know. He was picked up for um, chattels, um, which is, uh, they become personal belongings to him. They were actually his oh. personal properties. So, that was one of the things that he was picked up on where he was um, using these people mm. for his own benefit. 
you know, these people went their own. You know, he stopped them from bringing people at home. He stopped them from talking to people in the churches. You know, just having an ability to speak to people outside of him. So he pretty much owned them. I don't know if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're coming at, because it's like, did, did he actually know what he was doing? In terms of like, you know, I don't think he was thinking slavery. He was just thinking, I'm going to screw these, what? I'm going to do this for my own benefit. But, you know, yeah. it just comes under the category of slavery. Falls under, yeah. <laughs> Falls under. Oh. <laughs> you, can ra- you can roll a turn and go, mate. It's yeah. still a turn, mate. Yeah, but- <laughs> And but you know, you know, and he—I think he tried to use the worst thing was that he used Fatsar more. Like mm. he used these people. They, these mm. people came over with uh, genuine hearts to to make money. Yeah, he used their some. culture card. Yeah, and he mm. used it. Yeah. And then I—and that's the sad thing. Now, like you said before, you like you know, Samoans. You know, we will screw each other. You know, we've all had family members that our parents have taken in. Mm. Um, you know, to help set themselves up before they move out and start a family and provide for whoever it is that they've planned to provide for but it's nothing to the extent of what this fella's down down yep. down the line yeah you know so that that's the major difference is it <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not laughing that we just what he did was wrong and um so he's got you know he's gonna um have a bit of time to to think about and dwell on what he's done um i think the sad thing was like um when i was reading the paper like the people were too ma to to um, to come I think forward. they're saying yeah, you know, come forward and but the thing is that they they got taken back to Samoa, but they were too much to come back. I didn't understand that, but you know what I mean. Like you'd think that because of the situation, the government would turn back and go, okay, look, because we didn't keep tabs on how you were looked after before, we'll give you an t- opportunity to come back and 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 make a go of it again. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, like. Uh, hopefully, like if, if they if they want to come back, they should be given uh, the same, you know, like a clean slate because it wasn't their fault that they were either overstaying or they weren't they didn't make the money that they were supposed that they were promised or that they envisioned. Hey. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's trauma, bro. You know, they, we hear it a lot of the times now. You know, with mental health. You know, that's a big thing in the world these days. And and it's trauma. These guys have been scarred by what they've gone through coming to New Zealand expecting a better life, but only going back home with their tails between their legs. You know, it's like, oh, man, I failed the family. I'm not willing to go through that again. I mean, th- that's all I can think about. And, you know, what's wrong with our Samoan culture? I'm not too sure about the other cultures that, you know, we have this harden up sort of culture where, especially during funerals, you know, people are, grieving and mourning and we turn around fat malusi fat malusi you know be strong be strong so be strong for what you know i've just lost a, a loved one and you know and that goes back to you know our mental health you know we should be looking after each other a bit bit more um than what we used to or what we used to back in the days because you know think times have changed it would have been okay back then but now it's like okay you need to actually sit down maybe have a beer have a have a korero you know pick pick the next fella up and we we go again, but yeah, you know, like I said, you know, these these people have been scarred, and uh, you know, I feel sorry for what they went through because it should never be like that when coming into New Zealand. Well, this can't be the only case of this, you mm. know, what I mean? because there's so many people that come through, um, that are coming from Samoa, um, they're working at uh, at the uh, like you know, 
I've, I've got a cousin that's um, down at the Meatworks at the moment as well. So, you know, do you think they're the only people, you know, is this like just a start? Start of it? Are there going to be smaller cases like this? So, like, this might be the 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 start of um, people coming forward and going, actually, yeah, this is what happened to... Mm. I don't know if you remember yesterday, but I told you, I asked you about um, if you watched Selman Tuffer's uh, webcast, he had, and he had a guest on, which, oh, she lives in Australia now, but she used to work for Wins, and they were talking about that Salmon guy that got done for slavery, and um, she said that, man, she's been working at Wins in New Zealand for, for so long, and she's come across cases with Asians who have done that, but they haven't been um, arrested for it, exposed, so I think when it, when it comes to that, what, what that guy was doing, I, I think people have done it. Yeah. In this country. Yeah. Huh. Oh, there's a case. Um, there's been a few cases, though. Um, I think there was a restaurant um, in Sandringham. Yeah, like um, the restaurant owner had taken advantage of people coming to work for him, chefs and all that, and he was paying them minimal. Actually, like, they worked it out. So to like $5 or something, something stupid like that. And they're working crazy hours as well. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's not... I'm not saying it's exclusive to islands. We're, everyone's... People are going to take advantage of other people. It's just us trying to get together and, oh, not us, but just as a society, making sure that it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, I think it's quite ironic, really, because, you know, when you look into the news, a lot of the stuff hitting, uh, like, you know, hitting the headlines is um, human trafficking. Mm. And, you know, you know, we've got it happening right here, you know, on our doorstep, you know, in New Zealand. And we've got our first case now. So... You know, I totally agree with you guys that it, this is not the only example of it happening in New Zealand. There'll mm. probably be more as people become more educated and more, um, I don't know, you know, be able to, like, more confident in themselves to yeah. speak up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Then, then we'll see more cases and then they'll just be following the lead of what's been happening in, um, with Joseph Kalava. <laughs> Sam, just, can you just tell your uncle, have a good thing while he's inside? You know? <laughs> You know, I told you, man, he's like the Sydney Roosters, man, cooking the books. I mean, that's coming from a Bulldogs fan. So, oh, I'm, only, I'm only touching on that because Sonny Bill, you know, he's going to go, he's going to go make a, a, a bit of money, going to play for the Roosters. Good on him. But I thought uh, with him coming back, I thought it would have been so good for him to go play for something like, like. Well, you know, or checking the war, uh, the Bulldogs because it would have been cool for him to come back to Belmore. But I thought he would have come back and um and, and help the Warriors up because they they're a team that's in real like they they're in need of help at the moment. They've had a couple of guys come back, you know, for personal reasons, family reasons, and that. And um, you know, and and Peter Vlandis, we, we talked about him being the savior, and like he's he's the one that pushed the NRL. The reason why the NRL are back is because as soon as COVID happened, like the lockdown came, he was proactive. Like he said a date, we're going to be back. The NRL is going to be back at this time, you know, and everyone kind of laughed at him, you know, and he made it, and, and, and he made it work. This is the only reason, this is the only one time I'm like, I don't agree with him because they've made special exceptions for, for SBW. As, as great as he is, as great as the chief is, you know he won he won a title with us unlike unlike uh, with the Blues. I just wanted to check that in. But 
Is that fair? Is that fair that they've made all these, they've changed a few rules, they've let, you know, they've let a few things go just because they know that Sonny puts um, bums on seats? Well, I, I don't know, because, like, the problem is 2020 is a year unlike any other year that we've experienced. So we've got to be able to make leeways to ensure that um, people are still watching and that, you know, NRL is still relevant. And it's good that Sonny Bill has decided to go and play for the Roosters you know, because he has connection with these people. You know, Trent Robertson, he coached them when he was there last. You know, I, I understand the Warriors you know, need need someone that can jump in and help them during this time, but he's got no links to the Warriors. You know, he's going to go to a place where people already know him. You know, he can fit in quite easily. There's yeah. not going to be too much change about what's going to happen at the Roosters. Whereas if he'd come through to the Warriors, there's a lot of change, you know, I'd be looking at him and like, Sully, what are you coming here for, man? We're all right. We don't need you. Whereas he's, he's going home. He could have gone to the Bulldogs, but I think, you know, you know, he cut himself off a few years back when he decided to leave. But you know, like I was saying, he's still got relationships at the Roosters and he's still got a connection there. So yeah, good on him, man. Good on the, um, on the NRL for being open-minded, you know, of what they can do to continue to allow the game to grow, but also, um, you know, be an attraction to, you know, you know, other other countries around the world. I was only throwing it out there. I don't really, I don't really like. You know, I don't. I don't mind, but I just feel like, um, like for competition wise, like um, I think that like NRL looks like it's really sizing up now. Like um, all the top teams are <clears throat> they they're really standing out now. Um, I think um, the only other, is there any other team besides because obviously the Roosters you can put you know since the Storm beat them they're, they're two of the top teams who are the other top teams at the moment I, I'm going to go with Penrith I think Penrith they're a team that like if they they're humming they they can beat anyone on their day as much as Thomas probably happy that I said that but is there any is there anybody else now especially well Sunny coming back to Sydney. And if Sunny does Sunny things, that team pretty much becomes. Hmm. Yeah, but but like going back to how you see Sunny Bill joining the Roosters, if they'd had their full squad, I'd probably see an issue. But they've gone through so many injuries, just like a lot of the other teams. Um, with so so with Sunny coming back, who 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 who's injured in that in that forward pack? Because someone's got to give. They've got to take some guy that. That sacrificed his, um, you know, he, he's been in camp. You know, you know, they had to go and do all the COVID stuff, and so is he taking an opportunity away from someone else that's been a part of that that uh, that squad? Is that unfair to them? Oh, you could say the same for the Warriors uh, getting oh, no, their no, own they, they, they need players. Yeah, I mean, they, he's they, not taking away from him. He's adding. You know what I mean? But that that Roosters team, as it is now. There's already a, a, a chip, or like a. If he went to the Warriors, he'll be taking team. over a um, loan player. <laughs> yeah, because they've, they've, they've been they've been screaming out for loan players. Well, they've they've lost a few players. Um, I've forgotten the the Lucy that they've got. Uh, I've forgotten his name, but he's up for the season. Uh, Radley, yeah, Radley's, oh, Radley's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Radley, oh man, Radley's the man. Yeah, Radley's gone, and then you've got players that aren't as capable coming through to cover those positions. So I think they're just strengthening their um their team like any other team would do if they needed players. Does that answer your question there, Mr. Clove? Oh 
You got you got Randy's you, out, and then they've got their, the their backup. <laughs> their backup hooker is also out. Um, oh, sorry, his, his name has um, slipped my mind at oh. the moment. But it's just ensuring that you've got uh, your squad of thirty available to play. He may not even Sonny Bill might not even play a game, but he's there to help bring up the players around him. I'm excited. Like, you know, I only put that up because, you know, there's, there's a few people probably asking that question, but I'm excited. Like, the NRL is the only, the only comp at the moment that is actually, like, functioning properly. You know, there's, yeah. every team's available, you know, most, like, 90% of the players that should be available are available, not unlike the Super Rugby or anything along those lines. So that's the one. Uh, that's the one cool thing, and especially because they're playing in front of crowds as well. You know, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Are the crowds are back now? In the NRL? Is it? Uh, they got, is it five thousand or ten thousand? Yeah, I, I think there's still. I think it's about. 10, they still 000, have to um, have to uh, practice social distancing. Well, obviously, there's no games down in uh, down in Victoria with um, all the dramas over there. And I'm not sure if there's two sisters going back to the other two sisters going back up to Brisbane. I think they might they they might be the two most um, hated people at the moment. Um, it looks like the Broncos and the Bulldogs seems to be um, practicing social distancing too on defense. <laughs> so I'm glad they're um, you know adhering to some of the regulations that have been put forward by the Australian government there. I think you know the the crazy thing is like um so we us the Bulldogs and the Broncos, you know we're the, we're the same, but I don't think there's the same kind of um, turmoil as you know the the Bulldogs. We, we just we already know that like you know we were going to be bad. We we didn't. Um, I don't know. I, I'd say we were going to be bad, but we just haven't. There's something missing there. The Broncos, I'm not sure what their excuse is because coming into the, I'm pretty sure coming into um, the season, I think Andrew Jones was saying, like, this is the most feared forward pack. Yeah. Top four team. I Top four team. Yeah. And they haven't, you know, and they haven't performed. And looks like they've lost. So they've lost David Fafita now. I go back to this incident where Payne Haas, where he had a go at uh, Alex Glenn a couple of games back. Yep, I and, saw that one. And the last couple of games, I've seen um, Payne Haas like, um, miss some really big tackles on, um, you know, and give and, and he's let a few tries for it. I don't know how they still overlook the, the fact that they let him get away with the way he talked to Alex Glenn. You know what I mean? Like, is there is there a change in the attitude at the at the at the Broncos, it just kind of seems like there's no respect for the for the senior players. I don't know. That's just I'm throwing out there because I want to be a troublemaker. <laughs> it's 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 pretty hard to say, really, because we're not in the environment. But I can honestly see where Payne Hass is coming from because if if I had a senior player that I looked up to that wasn't fronting up or doing his job, I'd give him a go, especially after X amount of games. I wouldn't have a go at him after one game but you know it's been too many games so you gotta you know you gotta be your own you know you gotta man up and turn around and say hey bro what's going on you know I'm giving 100 Actually, yeah that we, we just 
We're just making up because we don't even know what he was saying to oh, him yeah, on, on the sideline. He got to went, oh, yeah, man, sorry, man. You know, yeah. it's just Can I the have way. A drink? Like, yeah, you could be like, Sully, that was my water bottle, you too. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but, you know, this all goes back to, um, you know, when Wayne Bennett and Seabold were having their little tiff about who was going to coach where, who was going where, who was going there. You know, let's come back to haunt the Broncos because trust was lost right from the start and it's just continued to where they are now and they're, they're struggling. I've, I believe Seabold's lost the changing room. Um, you know, he's now saying that Darius Boyd is a fullback after for, you know, after how many months he's considered him as their best, um, one of their best um, playmakers. But then he turns around, has a blind over the weekend, and all of a sudden he's their best um, fullback, and he's going to keep them there for as long as he he can. So he's confused. Oh, as a player, I would lose trust. I'd be like, "Sorry, man, you told me I was this, but now all of a sudden you're saying I'm that." Yeah. So he's got to go. Seabold's got to go, and they got to start from scratch again. Unfortunately. You know, I was, you know speaking about um, having crowds back at the NRL. You guys. Watching the NBA, see the um the virtual crowds they got. That's awesome, man! Like um, <coughs> it's it's cool because they acknowledge the people in the crowds too. Yeah. So you feel like you know, that's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's when you think of the NRL crowds when you could send in a photo of yourself and they'll make a cutout. <laughs> now technically you can sit in your seat and feel like you're watching from from that seat, and then um, when the camera cuts across and you can get to wave like you're in the crowd as well. Yeah. Yeah, NBA's you know, I think the NBA have done it really well, and um, and it's so good to have basketball back on too, man. That's so cool because I, I I was watching one game and they they flicked to the crowd, virtual crowd, and they they zoomed in on Kerry Kittles who was there on the crowd. Oh, and said, oh, cool. there goes Kerry Kittles in the crowd, and yeah. give us a thumbs up, and he gave him a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. But um, I'm just wondering if they you know where where they sit in their home on their laptops watching the game, are they actually watching from their position in the on the screen or are they just watching the game like we watch it on um, TV you know I was it's pretty interesting it. it's pretty well, interesting so yeah it would be hard because you'd have to have because it's a screen that they've got uh, like a massive LCD screen eh? yeah so you'd have to have a camera inside you know looking from that position mm, mm. so I don't think it would would it work like that I'm not yeah. or are they or are you there's one main camera so it's a um, like a center court one so you look yeah. you know and when your photo, when they do, when you, you do see yourself come up on TV, then you can wave. That, that's the cool thing about it, because when the camera zooms into the crowd, it's a, you know, you, the NRI has a cutout cardboard, but this is an actual cutout of your, of your image yeah, on, yeah. at home, eh? And you can wave and. Yeah, it actually looks like a Zoom session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, they're actually on a Zoom <laughs> session. That's, that's, and that's, that's, they're watching, that's and everybody's on the same, yeah. they're on the same screen, watching the same thing. I, it's funny that you say Zoom because, with COVID and that, we're so masangi now to yeah. having Zoom like talks or Zoom drink ups or you know because that that was us for a while you know <laughs> doing barbecues and drinks <laughs> house party yeah. house party house house party see that house party man that 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 app came in <laughs> this year's gone right you know I think Zoom if anyone I think Zoom need like see we we now we refer to it as a Zoom call mm. I'd never like. Before COVID, I never knew what Zoom was. You know what I mean? I didn't think I'll ever, in my generation, use something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems so. It seems so distant. Yeah. 
But no, it's 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 because we we're forced to get into it. Because uh, yeah. of the level four lockdown, we we're forced to get into these things, and now they're just like household names now. You know, the Zoom yeah. call and yeah, you know, and, and they're doing live sport. <laughs> yeah, like NBA, you know, it's, yeah, they're doing live sport that way. I mean, I'd be interested to find out how much it costs to actually jump on that Zoom, um, like they're doing at the NBA, because I know for the NRL, it was between twenty two twenty five dollars to get your cutout picture put onto oh. the into the stadium. So, I wonder how much it would cost these guys to get on the. Um, it'll, on these NBA it'll, games, it would cost so much more. Oh, definitely. You know, there's a pro- there's a the problem of buying one of those twenty five dollar cutouts for NRL. Man, they hardly ever panned out to the crowd, man. <laughs> no, that's and if right. you got a pants, no one even cared, man. You'd be like, that's silly. Wait, wait, oh, my, my, my cut out to the crowd. <laughs> silly. Good luck. My mole, Good my luck mole, your face. My mole, Russell, yeah. Larry, man. And if, and, and if you could imagine, like, you know, you'd have 10,000 odd people turn up to a, a live NBA game, but then you've only got X amount of people that can actually come on these, these Zoom mm-hmm. sort of. Um, Stadium conference calls, I suppose you call them. Yeah. Because so, it is quite limited, though. Yeah, yeah. If you compare it to a real NBA crowd, there's like oh, thousands, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at the back screen on the on the games you see today, you can oh, count so. maybe 20, 25, 30. Yeah, be, yeah. It would be people. quite expensive. Mm. And, and there'd be so many people trying to get... Because, you know, the good thing about the NBA, that while I was watching a few other games, they'd keep cutting to the crowd. Yeah. And so people be like, hey, like, uh, this was this one one, uh, the OKC game, and Chris Paul was looking up, and his son was in the crowd. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. You know, and I thought, wow, that's awesome. And he's got the money to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because smart people could use it as flash advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pay maybe three, $400 to get yourself on there, and then all of a sudden, chuck in advertising. Oh, this guy. <laughs> you know, so. And saying that, I wonder if the families of the players get first dibs. You know, because obviously they have to be isolated from their families and that over the course of the course of the season and playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll put no, I wouldn't, because the fans, the fans make the game. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the fans would be, it would just be open to anyone, and, and if you've got the money, you do it. You know, first in, first serve, kind of thing. Hmm. Well, you know, with with this COVID thing, like, doesn't this just open up a can of worms of what the future holds in regards to live sports and having? Uh, live fans at the stadium. You know, there's no need for you to be there. Hey, we'll just get you a spot, you know, on our massive as LED screen or LCD screen. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy. You know, so, so many things have opened up since COVID mm. uh, in sport, you know, just by seeing what's happening. I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, when you say opened up, I just, it kind of shows where the future is going. Like, because a lot of people, you know, it was a lot of staying at home. Um, and then a lot of people were like, uh, if you've done the numbers, I remember Korea posting all that. They've done huge numbers. All these um, click and click, pack and say, you know, all these yeah, supermarkets. Yeah. It's like people are just going to be more, because a lot more people are working from home now. Yeah. So that's, I think that's our future. You know, like a lot more, uh, we're going to be, we're going down, <laughs> we're going down the Terminator route. You know what I mean? A lot more is going to be run by machines or, yeah. and a lot more people are just going to be staying home. And working from home and ordering, you know, and not having now now that they've offered that opportunity for you to go actually sit in a seat and watch a game, yeah. you know, uh, it's going to be crazy because you know we can be like you know sitting at home and so like you got a game, yeah, I'm going to the game, mm. you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it'll, I, I it'll be virtual it. reality, bro. exactly. But so like chuck your goggles on, I'll be right next yeah, to you yeah, in the exactly. stadium, yeah. Mm. 
So where are you going? I'll go to the toilet. You know, and get some. I'm gonna get some. Off. You're gonna get some fourteen dollar chips from up at Eden Park. You know, because that's how it. You know, but uh, it is. It's, it's cool, but it's scary. It's cool because at the I heard that on the NBA, that if you're in the crowd in the virtual crowd, you can actually talk to the person next to you from the computer. Oh. Like, like if you're if, if you're seat number five, you get you get to chat with seat number four and six. Oh, on your computer screen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's scary, man. Because the more, the more comfortable we get, mm. the more it becomes, you know, a, like normal life. Yeah, yeah. And, and, hey. and at, at the same time, it's scary because you know people will start losing jobs because things like this start taking over our everyday lives. Yeah. Um. So you can see it from you know, all sorts of angles. Man, I, I was just thinking about it now. Like, like say, say, so they do still have stadiums. Empty stadiums, but it's like it's got a like a robot arm, or like you know, like a camera, and like when you move your head, the camera moves as well. Yeah. So it feels like you're at the game. You yeah. know what I mean? And then if they find a way to get the people that are um, are sitting next to you, where you can actually see them as well. Hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think you can't take away from um, being there live at the game, but yeah. I think they will figure out a way. To have, say, if your stadium has capacity of thirty thousand people, if they can find a way to still have your thirty thousand people in the crowd and also have thirty thousand people virtual, yeah, you, that's sixty thousand people all up yeah. watching the same game, you know. Oh, <laughs> I, I never thought of that, man. I, and yeah. we're getting into the Ready Player One stage soon, you <laughs> oh, know. But yeah, definitely. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it becomes virtual reality. Yeah. Like, what kind of virtual reality reality are you talking about? Uh, well, we're still on the sporting topic, mate. <laughs> uh, there's me, you know. But, you know, I was just thinking right now, like, you know the NBA 2K right now, the latest one. Man, it is so... Have you guys seen it? It's yep. so realistic, eh? I mean, you can... If they if if they could, like, the next NBA 2K would mimic an actual live game and have it on, you know? They could actually do that. They Well, they have leagues. You know, they have professional um, NBA 2K players and teams. mm so you know, and and they, they had a uh, I know, but someone cast a live game on the NBA Two K. That's that's when you get to that, then suddenly that's just not it's not sport. <laughs> it's I not mean, sport after that, and that's that's where we're heading. Yeah. You know, if you look on Sky Sport, but you can't. Yeah, you've got all these. You know, people are playing. You know, teams of five are playing against another team of five. Yeah, playing. You know, video games, yeah. and people are tuning in to watch it. So. Unfortunately, it looks like that's where sport could be hitting. Now, there's a certain note. I, I think there's a, still a certain aspect of people, or like a certain demographic of people that go, "Yeah, I can watch that." Because those are the gamers. Yeah, but real people will still want to watch real sport. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. We still want to watch. I still want to watch Russell Westbrook. Not over. Uh, what's what's my nephew's? I can't remember Junior's player name. Because yeah, I'll go. You know, on Saturdays or Sundays, I'll drop in. I'll go to the room and I said, what are you doing? He I'm just um, playing a pickup game. Yeah. You know, he's, and his player, he goes, oh yeah, I'm just going to go, me and my boys, we're playing against these other three. And, if, you know, the way they talk, mm. it's like they're actually, that's right. You know, like they're how gearing up, they're yeah, gearing up to you go know, and how play for real. So we go, oh, I'm going to go play down at the hoops. Oh yeah, yeah let's go, you know, all of us. <laughs> but now they, they talk like, yeah. he goes, so let me get the rebound. <laughs> you know, they, they talk like that. Oh, he said, cool, and there's a prime example of that. You know, when we look around now, participation numbers, you know, in sports in Auckland has decreased dramatically. 
And that's because people like Junior and his friends are playing online. They're sweating online <laughs> rather than sweating at Starling Park. Or he, he just, I mean, he, no, he I just mean, switched I love back. you, Junior. I love <laughs> you, Junior. But, you know, just check it out. Your name came up because your uncle brought it up. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I'm just saying that's where people, you know, um, that's how these, these kids, the, the, the gaming kids, you know, that's there. But I'm still, like, and I know Junior still goes plays ball. Mm. Yeah, but I guess it's the cool thing about not well the awesome thing about being able to play online is whatever limitations you have as a person, you know, you know you can't be six foot, yeah, true. six or you know you, you don't have the gifts. You're build you're building them up, you yeah. know, virtually. And 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 it's funny because we touched on that Ready Player One, and if you watch that movie, it's kind of. You know, you, you, That's all you, Joe Pudlow. Sorry, wait a minute. Eh? No, no, sorry. Sorry, man. Sorry to interrupt. Have you seen Ready Player One? It's the Steven Spielberg one. And he makes a lot of um, pop pop culture references, like mm. Back to the Future and all that. And it's kind of funny when I watched it. And then after it's, we're not that far off. And um, is that where, like, you know, if we ever get to that stage, I think it's going to look like the movie. Well, I don't know if you guys seen the new PS5. The previous one, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw man, it. that is like real life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I tend to try to stay away from games, gaming machines. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it and I saw it and I thought, Sully, this is like next level, next level. Mm, you know? Nah. And it's funny because I already asked, I didn't ask Junior because I asked his uncle, I said, Bro, are you gonna get it? He said, Of course, you know, yeah. Yeah, we're with a we're the we're a PlayStation family, mate. We, we're on the sense of the ground floor. But you know, you in know? saying that, like these um these games have a lot of benefits because I've got little cousins and family members. I didn't even realize they were communicating with each other. I've heard cousins. Oh yeah, so and so said this was happening. I was like, so how'd you know? Because oh, so I was playing them on um, NBA two <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like, well, hey. Fortnite, yeah, yeah. Fortnite. You know, they're, they're playing each other and having conversations at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So kids have found a way. You know, we're relational people. You know, we're born to be relational people, and they've yeah. continued that on through gaming. Yeah, you know, yeah. true that. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, Sol, are you going to so and so's place? They're having a barbecue. I was like, Sol, how do you know? Because oh, I was talking to them on Fortnite, and they said, you know, so news travels fast, man, and people find ways to communicate, and obviously, um, gaming is one of them. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I guess that is the upside, but. You know, coming, oh, okay. coming back to what you said before is about the NBA's been doing good, you know, with what they're doing. Man, even the uh, whole social justice stuff that they're, they're doing in NBA of the Black Lives Matter, putting it on the court, Black Lives Matter sign on the court. Before the games, they're kneeling. All of them are kneeling for the national anthem. When you think, I've been thinking about, like, NFL will never do that, surely. When the NFL starts, hopefully, I don't know if the NFL gone down or not, but, you know, the first thing I thought when I saw that everybody was kneeling, that's the first thing I thought. Um, Colin Kaepernick, NFL wouldn't do that shit. Hey, they won't, eh? Yeah, they wouldn't because of the owners. They're just uh, Trump, Trump guys. Trump's yeah. mates, they're all uh, uh, racist uh, billionaires. I, I, think, I think it's just partly because of what the NFL is, but the NBA has always been more progressive. They've always been a bit more accepting or more, um, they move forward when it comes to uh, social awareness. And because of the sport. Yeah, basketball is a, a predominantly um, African American sport, mm-hmm. so it, it would look it would look so odd for a league where I would say what eighty percent of their players are black, 
and for them not to embrace uh, Black Lives Matter, the, I think, the, and also the upsiders, and and the and the, the league wouldn't take take on um, Adam Silver. The 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 main the the superstar is also you know a, a prominent voice for um, um, social injustice. You know um, LeBron James and Chris Paul and all those guys when they came out at the S, the SBs and that. They talked about, um, you know, all the injustice against um, black people. It would look, it would just look so wrong for the NBA to not embrace it. And I think, and Adam Silver is also uh, progressive as well. You know, he's um, forward thinking. He knows that, you know, there is there is an issue there that um, that needs to be confronted. And also because you've got your top coaches as well. You know, uh, Popovich, Steve Kerr, they're, they're mm-hmm. quite outspoken. And they, they're, you know, big advocates for Black Lives Matter. So I think the NBA, um, yeah, they've, they've got it. You know, there's no way that they couldn't have done it. And, and awesome for them. And But the NFL is just a different beast. Mm. Well, you know, the thing with the, um, the NBA, you know, they've got, like you said, a high percentage of players being African-American. But one way to look at it is, like, what choice do they have? Yeah, that's you what know, I'm saying. They don't have any yeah. choice. You yeah, know, are they are they going to upset the money makers of yeah. their their sport? Yeah, and choose not to support them. Yeah, and what they're what they're um they're choosing to um support. Yeah, or are they going to turn around and say, "Oh no, 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 hey, look, yeah. you know, it's it's it so moral good. high horse." Yeah, is dependent on whether or not they agree with them or whether or not they want to make money. Yeah, and I, I think And also, they can do both in I, this instant. I, I think also there's no way that that kind of attitude would would um, would happen in basketball because of, you know, mm-hmm. all these people, all these coaches, they have, uh, they're close with their players. So there's no, there's no way that anybody with, that wasn't, that didn't believe that there was something against these guys could make it in, in basketball now. You know, whatever... Yeah. That's cool what you said about that, Sam, because when I think about it, you're talking about leverage here. And if I think about the NFL, what what kind of leverage is over there? With, you know, with the Colin Kaepernick situation, what happened to him? Um, is the NFL going to start again? Is, you know, we know all the owners there, these rich, old, white, billionaire racists. What's going to happen there? Like, Well, the, the top moneymakers are, unfortunately, white athletes there mm-hmm. in, that, in that sport. And Let's say if they were black African Americans, they were their top money makers. There maybe could have been a, a change of attitude towards it, but at this stage, from what I see, you know, most of their money men, uh, like I'm talking about players here, are, are predominantly um, white no, Americans. I, I don't, I don't agree with that because the top guys at the moment is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, all these guys, they've it's it's because it's so many people, mm. you know. This, but they, but they've only just yeah okay, in the last yeah, maybe year for, year or and two. I, and, yeah. I, and I think, but before no, that, but I know, think the Mannings and all them, yeah, yeah. But I think the NFL they they're gonna fall into line only because it's just a um just a backlash. Back then they could do it because it was only uh, Colin, but I guarantee because. All the other um, black athletes weren't on the same page, is it? Mm. Because of what's happened over the last six months, 
all these guys are going to be exactly the same. So when it comes to kneeling, they'll kneel. Yeah. Because they know that there can't be any backlash because America as well are on the same page as them. Before George Floyd, they didn't have something to call back on. But now the NFL players, there's no way because of the back. Like, what, what's happened? All the protests and that. The NFL can't stop these guys now. Because like, they had something over them. Mm. The black the black athletes and that, they, they know that they, they, there's not the, they can't tell them you can't kneel. Because it's in the psyche now. You know what I mean? It's in the national psyche. Mm. That it, it's not going to be, it won't be frowned upon. It won't be, you know, you are, you're only doing what you believe in. Back then, it was only because there was the threat of the owners. How bad will it look on the owners if they try and do that now? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. They can't do that. The backlash, look how big, they, they made the Washington Redskins change their name. Yeah, that's true. So that's the power of the movement at the moment. Mm. So there's no way that these guys won't be able to deal because the NFL can't stop that. Man, because all the sponsors... All the sponsors, where the money comes from, the majority of the people, they're all on the same page now. So I think the NFL, I, I think you will see them. You know, I, I mean, I saw some major league, you know, like major league baseball. Like they, they, they had players kneeling too. So, and that's a, that's not a, that's another, you know, that's not a sport that is dominated by African Americans, but they, they know, you know, they're, they're on the same page. So, hmm. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, I I think this movement is quite important. Yeah, because even even though we live thousands of miles away here in New Zealand, it's important that we don't allow um, the things that have happened to become the norms. You know, mm. because it, you know when we allow it to become the norms, then it's going to affect us as you know Pacific people living in New Zealand, um, the Maori people. So, you know, I'm quite passionate about what's happening in this Black Lives Movement mm. because, you know, it it um, affects us as Polynesians living in New Zealand. You know, we don't want um, things like that to be normal. Whereas, hey, we can do this to people, we can do that to people because that's how they do it everywhere else. Um, yeah, I think it shines a light on uh, awareness on what... Yeah, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Like, even though we don't not as extreme, we don't have these same problems yeah, yeah. as extreme as America. Yeah. But it allows us to look at what problems we do have. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, and, and what we can tolerate mm. as well, you know what I mean? I think we let a, a few, like, we talked about white privilege on another one, and it's what, what, what we as islanders allow. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, because we, we're taught to be polite and, you know, That's right. and, and humble ourselves. And a lot of people take advantage of that. I've, I've, I look back now and I think, man, the, the person looked down, you know, the way they talked to me was wrong. Mm. You know, and I accepted that because my mum and dad told me, like, because Samoan Falualo teaches you to humble yourself, you know. Yeah. So that's another. There's certain aspects of the um, things that have come off the Black Lives Matter when they. Like, other aspects of it that people have attached to it, like defunding the police and that, that I don't. Yeah. I don't believe in. That's no. wrong. No. But I think, but but what the, the at the core of it, you know, I'm I'm all for it. You mm -hmm. know, but you're like like what Cam's and what you said, it has um like a like shine a light on 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 what we as Pacific Islanders here should allow, how we should be treated, or how we can be able to um, stand up now 
and 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 have our voices or have our views or ha- how much we should tolerate because we we've learned a lot we've learned a lot of things past in our lives yeah. you know yeah, you're right. You touched on the police thing, and that's another thing, important thing to to know. Um, you know how, like, okay, so our, our, our police in New Zealand are nowhere near like the police in America. You know, there's there's gonna be some bad apples over there, and the bad apples there are like really, really bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you can't. Uh, there's no white bear. <laughs> then, like, that's the kind of apple that they. You know, these are the kind of apples that they. Would and we've we've got to be careful not to have that sort of same attitude with our police because yeah, yeah. our police it's is nowhere near, nowhere near. Yeah. And that's otherwise you'll get probably that thing that happened up in Messi few few no, weeks ago. Was, you know, terrible incident. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was, it's kind of funny because I. The sad thing is, like, social media, when he, um, uh, so when that uh, police officer died, uh, and I went, you know, this problem, like, if you read Twitter, there was no sympathy for him. Like, there was a, you know, a few people coming out, like, well, you know, uh, but still, they, they do this and do that. You know, no one deserves to go, to wake up in the morning, you know, like, we, when we go to work in the, you know, when us we go to work, when we wake up, Oh, you know, I'm going to go to work and come back home. When you're a police officer, there's a chance that you're going to, you know, you're not going to make it home. Mm. You know, that's the risk that you run, mm. you know. And then to, to see that people try to go, you know, they, they try to do the, um, they try to relate what happened to America back to the police officers here. Mm. That's the one thing I do hate. And I, there are bad apples in the police force, but as a person that has family and friends in the, you see the police force, you know. I think they, they, you know, we can't kind of tarnish them with the same brush because they are really, you know, I've I've met a few of them, I've met a lot of them, and like they they're doing this because they want to genuinely help people. And I don't think it's as bad as, or nowhere as bad as it is in America. I don't know. If that's how you you guys think. Yeah, well, I think like like any human being that gets up to go to work. They shouldn't be going to work with the expectation that they're going to be shot at, abused, mm. assaulted, no matter where they work. You know, that's just not on. Mm. Um, and, and what happened was, you know, it was very, very um, disappointing. Um, you know, I'm not in the police or anything like that, but when I heard someone had passed away in the way that he did, you know, it did bring a tear to my eye because it's like, hey, man, these people are the ones that we turn to when we need help. And I'm sure those same people that turn around and say bad things about the police you know, overseas and here in New Zealand would call them too in an instant when they have problems. So, you know, like I said before, you know, it's, it's not fair that people would turn up to work or wherever they're going to be expected to be shot at. You know, everyone should be going home um, at the end of their their, their job or shift. Um, and... And going back to um, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, I'm very grateful that I live in in, in New Zealand, Aotearoa, because um, we've got a lot to be thankful for as Pacific Islanders, especially with the Treaty of Waitangi, because without the treaty, a lot of the things that we've come to believe and a lot of um, uh, practices that we have are accepted in our society. Um, For example, bereavement. You know, it was immediate family, but because we have 
bigger families in our immediate family, we can take that time off work. I mean, I don't know any other country around the world that allows people to take time off for those sort of those um, sort of relationships. So you know, I, I'm very grateful for our Maori people and um, allowing us Pacific Islanders to live in this country, but also to have that cultural awareness and that cultural sensitivity where we can still be ourselves and be accepted um, in this country. So, you know, going back, you know, that's why I actually really, really, um, you know, have an interest in this Black Lives Matter movement because of how it affects us and, you know, what we get to live through here in New Zealand. So that, that, that's my five cents in that area. That's a big five cents. <laughs> well, it's ten cents, Lils. That's ten cents for your haircut. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I was just um, <clears throat> filling out my glass of Heineken there. But no, nah, that's awesome. Um, and it's been really good to have you here also, man. Yeah, man. Man, that, uh, you know, you came in here and you said, like, you know, you didn't know what we were going to talk about. But it seems like you've had a lot of stuff on your mind there, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty shocked that I didn't see you at the front line of Ihumato. Um My 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 wife was there. Just there. Thank you for taking your students out there, wife, and teaching them, uh, showing them a, a different part of New Zealand that they're a part of. <laughs> nice, also. Yeah, hey, man. Th- thanks, thanks for having me on board the, uh, no, I, on the bus. I, I think got this this got is the start. Experience. I think this is the start of our Sunday. Sunday weekly catch-ups, man. That's good to have <laughs> Sunday you Sunday wind-down, is it? Yeah, that, that's down. probably it. Mm. Um, especially with the league uh, and rugby coming to an end. I think it's probably a, a way of just enough a bit of steam. Probably get a few more beers in there because I'm pretty sure, like the way you're talking, I've heard a few of your rants where you've um, had a few beers in your end. Um, just, I, I just, it's totally, totally different from some of the stuff you're talking about today, man. You know, I just, just <laughs> want to make a clear note that you heard it today. Yeah, our next All Black coach will be Leon. McDonald's. Yeah, okay. That's Did wrong. You put it down in your diary. That's wrong. Second of August, two thousand and twenty. Yeah. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> but still, you know, good on you uh, for at least having an opinion like that. Camps, what's up? Yeah, man, we're gonna make this a regular thing now. Um, Sunday, Sunday session. Yeah, uh, empty out the clip. Well, because because Nalu's gonna um, he's gonna sponsor this. Uh, uh, he said he's got a few sahi, sahi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and some green teas and uh, coconut yeah, milk. Yeah. So I think we should like. If he if he does hook us up with his size, we try to make it like a a Japanese theme and just put uh, <laughs> a sake and uh, I expect some sushi next time I come through, mate. Some sashimi, some sashimi. Hey, sashimi. I'm hey. just getting my own on air here, bro. <laughs> thank you, Sam, man. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Kevs. Thank you, guys. Check out our website www.westwestnet.com and this podcast listening to is called Empty Out the Club. Yes. Right. Fuck. Fuck. See how easy that is, Sam? You enjoy it? Yeah, it was good, bro. Thanks, so. how easy it is, man. It's good, bro. Just tell me about this. I'm more research on that.